Timeless Voyager Radio. Self-development radio for the open mind. Interviews with leading edge authors and speakers. And now, Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager Radio. Hello everyone, this is Bruce Stephen Holmes. And with me today on the show is Chestina Freebear. She is a natural medicine person. She has developed a science of light technology. What is the garment of living light? Well, thank you, Bruce. And I would like to begin, if it's all right with you, by sharing a chant that actually helps to bring frequencies of light into the body. And it's done in something that's called the kingdom language, which is a language of light that is used on planets that work in harmony with the light. And the words to the chant actually mean, I am one with all creation. And the reason for saying I am one with all creation instead of God is that on the more highly evolved planets, they don't distinguish between creation and God. So I will just share this chant verbally a couple of times so that if anybody would like to chant along with us at home, they can do that. Okay, what are the words of the chant for our listeners? It is, I know posais ganurum. I know posais ganurum. And we'll just chant that three times and then do a brief attunement as we enter into our time together. Okay. I know Posais Gnurum. I know Posais Gnurum. I know Posais Gnurum. And we align ourselves with the presence of light from the great central sun, acknowledging that we are this light. And we ask that this be a healing experience for the highest good of all, occurring with love and compassion on all levels of reality. And we give thanks for this opportunity together today. Thank you, Bruce. How do you come up with a name like Shastina Freebie? <laughs> well, it's a long story, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> it is what it says. The bear actually is the most interesting part. Uh, shamanism has unfolded in my life as a natural way of being, very often to my surprise. And at one point a number of years ago, the bear came into my life as a grounding force for this work with the Garment of Living Light. Now, when you say the bear, are we talking about a symbol? We're talking about the spirit of the bear itself, actually. And uh, about four years ago, it started letting me know that it needed my full authority. And so finally, what I needed to do was actually take it as my name rather than having my father's name or my partner's name or some other name of society. And when I did this, it was quite powerful and interesting because it helped me to really understand why the Indians named their children after those little animals. It's because the animal form is really a very safe cradle for this essence of spirit. Now, a person wouldn't just go out and find a, a particular form and name it, name themselves. My suggestion would, that it would be that it needed to be something that was naturally very significant to the person mm-hmm. in, a, in perhaps a spiritual way or a very heartful way. 
Okay, and then the, I don't know, we would go through the whole thing. Free, I mean... Is- free. <laughs> uh, well, Free was actually my partner's name for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were planning to get married and, and then decided not to after I'd already changed my name. <laughs> and then yeah. I added the bear on later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, uh, the free bear at this point, really, really for me, okay. is the experience of that. Justina, what is bioelectromagnetic medicine for the heart? of the heart yes well about four years ago i was guided to live in sedona arizona and i was told inwardly that i would be reclaiming aspects of myself that had been buried for a long time and as i moved there what happened was a doorway in my own consciousness and my own internal structure opened to reveal this natural connection with structures of what i call the living light and the reason that i call it a bioelectric magnetic medicine of the heart is that it is actually transmitted through the spiritual heart. It is not a conventional form of technology, although it is a light technology. Okay, now you say the spiritual heart. Are we talking about the heart chakra? It could be the heart chakra. My experience is that uh, while everyone has a physical heart, Mm -hmm. not everyone has, in a sense, found their spiritual heart. And is this located in one of the light bodies? or It's located everywhere. Okay. <laughs> so it is omnipresent. I, yes. All right. Yes. Yes. I like that. That's the same term people use for God. Exactly. All right. So exactly. this is the God that we realize. In a sense, you could say it that way. Right. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to be uh, a little less specifically esoteric and spiritual because... Mm-hmm. It has come to me in other ways, too, and I feel that people have had so much of the spiritual teachings for so long without really relating to them. Okay, now why the term garment of living light? Well, because technically it is what is called a living light, which comes from the living universe beyond our local universe, which means that the frequencies of light are actually those of the great creation itself, as opposed to uh, man-made or otherwise made or mentally or psychically generated frequencies, which do not carry the actual similitude of the light and love of the source with them. Now, similitude is a word I'm not familiar with. Similitude is defined by Dr. Jim Hurtak in his work for the Academy for Future Science, and their textbook is called The Keys of Enoch, Uh, and he defines it as the image-making consistency that is carried in the presence of living light, which is often missing these days from the frequencies of light we receive on this planet, Mm. the reason being that we are surrounded in an envelope of war and negativity and a collective consciousness that has separation from the source as a part of its general fabric. So this now that's, is, I guess, according to his book, The Keys of Enoch, he says that Ursa Minor and Ursa Major are sending out a thought form at all times, which is a warlike thought form. And is that, in a sense, corrupting this light, not allowing this light to come through? There are many thought forms from many different places that are that are limiting the light. However, I feel that actually the life that the human beings are living on the planet is actually much more of a generative force in limiting the light. And not only the life they're living, but uh, the technology that has been imposed on the planet has created what is called a deleterious technological environment and has actually 
actually created a dissonance in the Earth's own energetic vibration, which is now carried within our genetic code itself, because we are in symbiotic relationship with the planet. So we too are vibrating with this dissonance as the Earth itself is, which makes it much more difficult for us to be receptive to greater frequencies of light in terms of their level of evolution. Now, is it my understanding that the Earth now is changing its vibrate, vibratory level with or without us? Is that right? It has. <laughs> it, it is and it has been. Since so we either jump on or... <laughs> right. Since the harmonic convergence, this has been happening. However, at the same time, there is this constant dissonance that's also being created because of the technology that we've imposed on the planet. Now, give an example of what technologies uh, are, are you talking about. For example, electromagnetism. The industrial age. Okay. You know, uh, not that technology itself is bad, it's just an inappropriate use of technology and, and an overemphasized focus on physical technology, what is often referred to as the conventional male energy rather than, than the feminine qualities which deal more with the organic ways of doing things as associated with nature. So basically we're looking at the difference between an industrialized society and a non-industrialized society. And you're saying, I guess, that the non-industrialized society is more able to receive this particular garment of living light, so to speak, than the industrialized society, if by the, virtue of the, of the corruptness, or maybe the corruptness is not the right word, but... The actual structures, the actual structures of energy, of vibration, the actual physical forms and the actual structures in the thought forms, in the body themselves, have taken on this... Uh, material technological focus which isn't real so we're living in this web of illusion that's very negative and limiting and it's limiting the light frequencies that the whole planet can experience and what I discovered for myself in this uh, guided inspiration to live in Sedona was a natural ability to work in conscious cooperation with these frequencies of light or beings of consciousness however you would like to think of them that are called the living light oh I just wanted to to, in relation to describing the living light, to read a quote from Jose Arguelles, who wrote The Mayan Factor. And Jose is the man who really made the harmonic convergence known among most modern people. So we should definitely say what the harmonic convergence right. was or is. Well, the, the harmonic convergence occurred about three and a half years ago in the summertime in August. And what, what year it, would that have been? I think it's 88, August okay. of 88. And it was an actual shift in consciousness of the planet's body. So the planet itself was, was shifting into a higher frequency of evolution and light, which made actually more light and a higher state of consciousness available on the planet to its inhabitants. And in his book, he refers to something coming in the future, which I feel I'm experiencing in the garment of living light. He says, the harmonics shall emerge that cause us to realize the kingdom of heaven on earth. To say that we are knocking on the doors of magic is only to acknowledge our own lack of belief in what we are actually capable of through our own instrumentation. What has been demonstrated by shamans, wizards, yogis, and spiritual masters is, after all, everyone's evolutionary birthright. And for me, this is the focus of human evolution, is that 
whatever it is that we can do, however we can help the human condition along so that it can become enlightened and go into much greater levels of creativity and evolution. So basically what you're saying is that is that this is our birthright. I mean, it's nothing special or new, but rather a reawakening or, or remembering that we are able to, to do this. Absolutely. And again, in Dr. Hertak's work, he refers to the physical structure of the RNA DNA as actually only being a vehicle for the body of light or what is often called the Christ consciousness or the consciousness of mastery, whatever your particular point of view is. The name doesn't really matter to me. It's that, that consciousness which knows that it is one with the source of all that is. All right, now why do you refer to the human body as a biological electrical computer? Because essentially that's what it is. It is a biological form and it is essentially electrical in nature. And light and matter are actually interchangeable properties as are matter and consciousness. And actually... Uh, world imminent physicist uh, David Bohm in his book Science, Order, and Creativity speaks much on this point about the interchangeability of consciousness and matter and light and matter. And uh, So then how about consciousness and light then? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And it's really the frequencies of light of which we are made that are the matter of which we are made that determine the level of evolution that we function on. Now our biological... Are you saying then, for example, that your vibration physically will be different depending on your level of consciousness? Absolutely. But now, as human beings, we don't necessarily see that. Is that correct? In other words, we see uh, man one, one, woman one, standing next to man two, woman two, uh, and we don't see necessarily that their vibration may be faster or slower. Well, it depends on your perception. I'm sure there are people that you might see out in the marketplace when you go to the store that are very different from other people that you see. Okay. And not only that... So this might be something you feel more than see visually. Well, it's something you feel, but it also, at certain points of evolution, is, is very much more of a difference in even the texture of the skin, the coloration, uh, the structural form, the way a person moves, walks etc etc I mean there is no part of our form that is actually separate from any other it's it's all one unit that is functioning as one unit in relationship to the cosmos and the frequencies of the light are actually what determine our physical structure now the big question for me all of my life has been what is going on with the human condition my mother died when I was 16 years old of cancer and I knew that I was watching her go through a process that didn't have to happen and I didn't know what to do about it of course at that age but I was how did you very, come up with the, with the uh, thought that it didn't have to happen I just knew intuitively there was something in my own being that said there's got to be a better way <laughs> you know and I think many people have gone through that so this, is, so this is a question that many people have. It's an underlying intuitive feeling that there's something wrong with the concept of death. There's something wrong with the concept of dying. Well, and there's the something... The reason I say that is because underlying all of this is the, is the concept of immortality. Right. And I guess there's that constant contrast between the immortality of the soul and the mortality of the body. 
Indeed, especially in the condition that we're in now. And that is my focus, is what's going on with the human condition and how can we help it to better itself. All right, so what is our potential then as a human? Well, the potential, I think Jose stated very well, that uh, what has been demonstrated by shamans, wizards, yogis, and masters is everyone's evolutionary birthright. And my own discovery and my work... And Demonstrations meaning that they can fly, they can... Uh, well, that's a whole other subject that we... That we can... The normal physical... The norm, let's say the norm. The norm, right. right. The norm being that... A person wakes up in the morning and goes to work, right. comes home, is upset, has a wife and kids, can't, uh, or has a husband and, and children and can't seem to get anywhere and is unhappy and, and has a lot but can't be enjoyed. This is the normal, let's say, right. human condition. <laughs> Schizophrenic. And the, and the yogis, <laughs> right. And the wizards and the yogis and the shamans are all saying, it doesn't have to be like Absolutely. that. And we're saying, hey, I haven't got time to find right. out. Right, right, <laughs> right. And so you're saying the normal condition then. The normal condition and the optimal focus of human evolutionary potential is to become that master. And I feel that what I've been shown in my own revelations and discoveries and in the work that we've been doing in the healing intensives is that this biological electrical computer that we live in is not functioning properly through many many eons of misuse manipulation and abuse our computer in a sense which is the body we live inside of has become short-circuited and damaged in many areas and as you know from working with computers if you've got a computer that's short-circuiting it doesn't matter how much information you put in it or how good the information is you're not going to get the right program and it's not that our original program was incorrect it's that what we're living now is not what the human being so was meant to be program. No, we're not living it. And the work with the Garment of Living Light is about reseeding and re-empowering that original evolutionary capacity within the human system. Now, what would that be? So what are we looking for then? We're still looking at the famous, we're looking at Buddha, we're looking at Jesus, we're looking at the medicine men of certain tribes, we're looking at people who have self-mastery and who are able to allow their minds to kind of begin to function for them like their digestion and go on to much greater levels of creativity instead of bouncing around amid myriad negative thought forms, fears, hmm. and programs about illness. You mentioned David Bohm before. Right. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about him and his viewpoint on all of this? Well, David Bohm is one of the most eminent physicists and research physicists in the world and he wrote a book called Wholeness and Implicate Order, another one called Science, Creativity and Order. And uh, In any direction, science, order and creativity. <laughs> How about this? Order, science and creativity. <laughs> it all works if right. it's real. And that's the point, I think, is that David is one uh, scientist who's a real hardcore physicist who's very well respected in his field and who's coming out with findings that are showing that there is no real division between consciousness and matter or light and matter, that it's it's all one process that's going on, which creates an even further foundation for the fact that the frequency of light, the quality of light that your own body is made up of, is what determines its evolutionary structure. And again, as we mentioned earlier, because of a number of different things on the planet at this time. One is that we have lived through eons of misuse, abuse, and manipulation. Now, when you say that, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's a strong statement. 
okay, who's been doing this misuse and who's, who's, who's to blame? I mean, are we to blame for what we're doing to ourselves or are there other factors? Not that we're looking for excuses. I mean, we can all take responsibility. We hear this all the time in church. We are, but, but what else is happening? There must be more to this. We are all, uh, I think all you have to do is look around at, at how some parents treat their children in the grocery store, let alone at the fact that we're uh, using chemicals that are literally poisoning people and making them sick. I mean, we are abusing our own race and actually very much on the brink of disaster right now mm-hmm. and uh, will be for the next 20, 30, 40 years until the situation is corrected. And it's not like it happened overnight either. This has been growing for a long time. There are also other beings from other places who are focusing a lot of negative energy on our planet and on our race for the same mundane purposes of controlling a good piece of real estate as our own kind do. It's it's the same so drama. We've got that element. We have that element not only represented here on the planet but in the hierarchy of other beings there are those who would like to control and manipulate and those who would like to have us grow and be self-mastered absolutely black and white hats on every dimension of reality until you get to the the one that has no dimensions And along with that, we are in symbiotic relationship with the Earth, which means that what the Earth experiences, we experience. And as I mentioned earlier, because of the technological environment that we've imposed on the Earth, the Earth is now vibrating in dissonance, which means that entropy is continually created, which means chaos, disorder, illness, fear, negativity. So this is a cycle that that has been created uh, by... Us, meaning mankind, person kind. <laughs> Absolutely. Silly, but I'm just saying, so this is something that's been created now. How does the cycle get reversed then? Or does it get reversed? Well, I... Is there some type of, of intervention? Well, I just wanted to mention uh, that it is this dysfunctioning of our own biological electrical computer, which is what the body is, which has is sh- which is short-circuited our connections with the source of life. Once you recreate those connections and help them to be in balance again, healing and evolution become natural parts of our life process. But in the meantime, that the biocomputer that we live in is actually dysfunctioning is the reason that diseases are growing every year. More and more diseases are becoming known to mankind, and they're affecting younger and younger generations of people. It's also the reason that the emotional and mental processing that people are going through with certain life issues and relationship issues and things like that in therapy are absolutely endless, is that when you've got a computer that's not functioning right, it's only going to give you endless miscreated programs. It's also the reason that recovery from addictions seems nearly impossible, and that even for those who do recover from addictions, the internal process within the body that created that pattern is still functioning and is really quite challenging for people even after the substance abuse is over. Along with this, the spiritual reality of life has become, for even most of the best people that I know, pretty much of an abstract ideal rather than something that can actually be lived in their physical life here in this body. 
And as well, as you know, relationships are equally as scarce that are really fulfilling and loving instead of codependent and, and painful. Wow. And the reason being that these are all programs that our own biocomputer is continuously generating now, this uh, unevolved uh, form of negativity and limitation. So what we do with the Garment of Living Light is we're working with a scientific and a spiritual healing at the same time to actually restore the original evolutionary capacities of the human system. Because as you can see, what we're working with is not a full deck. Now, we're, we're, now, now that's a good point. What we as human beings then are, are, are faced with is recreating a belief system that says that you can help us. So far, we have tried technology, which can't do it. I mean, I think I can make that very strong statement at this point. Right. And for anyone who's listening to The Timeless Voyager, <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be the crux of the show. So technology is not working. Well, technology alone, actually, in terms of the way it's been focused on this planet, is actually more a part of the problem than the solution. All right, so now we're talking about the solution. Right. And for those of you who've tuned in, I'm talking to Shastina Freebear, natural medicine person. And I wanted to mention one other person who's actually been doing a lot of research in this area. His name is Dr. Richard Moss, and he is an MD. And he's been working with this process of how the frequencies of light affect the body since 1979. And in a little book that he wrote called The Individual and Collective Levels of Consciousness and Their Relationship to Health and Disease, he speaks of this very thing that he has discovered in his exercises with people, even inside of the hospital, that if he can raise the frequency of light in their body, that the healing can then occur. The only problem with this kind of psychic healing that's occurring is that it hasn't taken us far enough. People are still getting AIDS. People are still getting cancer, they're still getting heart disease. So what has been needed is something that can not only raise the frequencies of light, but actually change the structures and frequencies of light in the body to that of a higher order of evolution. All right, now, what you're saying then, or I think what you're implying, or at least what I'm inferring from this, is that it is not necessary to have disease. Absolutely. And that all the diseases that we have around us need not be, let's use the word, caught. We don't have to catch it, or we won't catch it, if our uh, computer is functioning correctly. That is my experience. And then, uh, I guess, the point being here that uh, those who have the diseases already... What about them? I mean, is that no, they, too bad for them? Or? Oh, no, absolutely. You can heal at any point in time. Uh, so we, healing can not only occur for the people who have the diseases, but we can also change the character of the person or the human so that they do not get disease. Right. And this is all done by raising the, the level of light. It's not only raising the level of light, but also bringing in structures of light that are that of the living universe, which means that they are somewhat different than those that are generated from our technology or even from our mind. Because the world that we're living in is really a product of the maps of our mind. I mean, we are living in a world of illusion. So what we need, what the body craves, is that contact with the primal source from which it came in order to restore 
its balance. And this is the presence of the living light that we work with. So now how is this done? Let's get right to it. My goodness, uh, people are going to want to know. It's very, are very simple. Are there training simple. programs? Do people learn how to do uh, this? Absolutely. I train people all the time. And you might say, well, if there's no, no conventional technology involved, how is the training done? Well, the training, of course, is also not conventional. It involves an actual imprinting of this structure of living light into the energy bodies of the people who will use it. And because the structure of living light is... Uh, one that contains natural reconstructive forces of the great creation itself. It helps to deepen the soul connection that that individual has with themselves and will assist them in their own evolution as they use these frequencies and presences of consciousness in their own healing work. And they can also incorporate this in the work they're doing in other ways. But there is an actual imprinting of the structure of light into their own energy bodies. Now, when people hear this, this sounds really complicated and and uh, definitely heady. Do they have to understand this stuff for it to work? <laughs> no, they don't. Good. In fact, it's a very simple, heartful experience. The reason that I'm using all these words is for the purpose of verbal communication. Oh, sure. I just wanted um, to make sure that the listeners right. understood that they didn't have to understand. It sounded like something you'd have to have a doctor, oh. doctorate in in order to... <laughs> learn how to do it. I understand. No, in okay. fact, that's a very good point, Bruce. I have used this work with healers who are very evolved in their own path of healing and with people who've had no experience at all because it isn't something that is based on what you understand mentally. It's based on an inner connection that the person allows themselves to open to with the cosmos. And I just wanted to back up a little bit to mention a point when you were talking about people who are sick already. We have used this work with people who who had been planning their death for two years because of heart disease. And in 16 days of treatment, the person's system went through a literal resurrection. So you ruined their plans. <laughs> well, they, they made new plans. <laughs> and uh, we've used it with people who are HIV positive. We've used it with one AIDS case, which involved a healing. We've used it with suicide, depression, all different myriad kinds of emotional, psychological, physical, and spiritual types of issues because they all come from the fact that, again, our own body, our body-mind, our biocomputer is not functioning properly. And once you repair the functioning of the system, the natural connections that we all have with that source of life become operative again in the healing and evolution, become natural processes. Give us an idea. A person comes to you, Okay. What happens? I'll give you a couple examples. Um, my friend John, the, the man with the severe heart disease that I mentioned, is a very good example because it was such a debilitating physical case. He came, and uh, this was when we lived in Sedona. Now, I did work with him with my partner, who's a master herbalist at the same time. And so many of the arteries around John's heart were clogged up to 90% that the doctor who did the intake with us actually got scared and tried to talk John into chelation. <laughs> However, is chelation is a more traditional form of working with the blood and the heart. It's kind which, of like Roto-Rooter, though. In of. a sense, yes, very much. <laughs> <laughs> and out. it's not always effective. <laughs> right. 
Anyway, what we did for 16 days, we did light treatments for John, which really only were about an hour and a half a day. And he used uh, special herbal formulas and uh, also just, you know, took walks in the mountains leisurely. And at the end of the 16 days, he was no longer taking his nitroglycerin. He had energy. But he was under doctor's care. Oh, yes. So this is something that listeners need to hear yeah. because it wasn't like you told him to stop taking oh, no, nitroglycerin. No. no. He no longer needed it. He no longer needed it. And even if there is a medication that the person is already taking, many people are dealing with thyroid problems they're having to take medication for these days. John came to us and had actually been planning his death for two years. In fact, his whole community that he lived in had thought he had come to Sedona to die. And within 16 days, all I can say is that he went through a resurrection. He no longer needed his nitroglycerin he was taking. He had much more energy and happiness in his life. Mm -hmm. He had a sense of renewed purpose, which he thought he would only have in the next life. And uh, it's now three and a half years later, and he's doing better than ever. Okay, so let's talk about the light treatment. What the light, happens? Because I think treatment. people need to have a, Absolutely. a rough idea anyway, yes. without specifics. Yes. Well, in the light treatment, it's actually an extremely gentle process, which you might not imagine, because what we're doing is we're actually repairing and reconstructing the... Now, the person, I'm sorry, the person is passive. The person is what passive. They do? They're laying down. They're lying down okay. in a relaxed position, and uh, I do a little bit of introductory guided relaxation. And I use gentle light touch on the body. But this is not hypnotherapy. This is not hypnotherapy. It is in no way manipulative. In fact, in this work... You're not making suggestions. I'm not making any suggestions at all. In this work, I have been fortunate enough to cross a line where I'm no longer dealing with the illusions of the person, which means I don't have to manipulate anything. For me, it's actually more of an experience of a spiritual surrender and a being with them in that state of truth, which heals all things. Are you, in a sense, channeling this energy? No, it's very different from channeling. I am actually working in conscious cooperation with these different dimensions of reality, much as you and I are working consciously in cooperation to do this radio program. It's just that some of us... Some of us are in a body and some are not. And uh, so we just use gentle light touch on the body. I work with the clothes on because there's no need for them to be off. When I'm working with a group, sometimes I, I wo- uh, walk around and do touch people for short periods of time and other times there's no physical contact. So it is a presence, it is an energetic environment that is generated and very gently moves into the cells of the body itself. Uh, The experience people have varies from A to Z. Some people go to sleep immediately and have a very deep, restful sleep. Some people will feel light or sound moving through the body. Some people will find themselves in a presence of what they describe as limitless light. Some people will experience being in another dimension that seems healing to them, but somewhat unfamiliar and yet very nurturing. 
But in every case, it doesn't matter what their subjective experience is, right? Absolutely. In fact, it's the only form of healing after 20 years of being in the healing arts professionally and being a psychotherapist and all that, that I have ever found that it really doesn't matter what's consciously going on with the person. They can come in angry about something. They can be there and yet be resistant or disbelieving. And it doesn't matter because we're working with a cellular change that happens through the technology of the light structure themselves. Now, do you know how much time this is going to take when you work with someone, or do you just have to watch their uh, condition change? Uh, so or not change? Are there people who don't change? No. Everyone, well, everyone experiences the effect of the treatment. What they do with it afterwards is up to them. We always have free choice. We always have karma to deal with. Uh, well, what does that mean in the case of, of a person with a heart condition? Well, if it means... Car- what if it's a karmic... It means that at the soul level, if the person is willing to heal... And this is provided they will probably heal. So are we? Are you again? Here we go. Are, am I inferring that that even death does not have a particular time? Well, I don't experience that there is any death. There is a shedding of one body. Right. Okay, but but you know, for us here in the illusion, <laughs> uh, I I, mean, I would the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would think yeah. that that you know, in terms of what we call death, which is actually just a kind of break in continuity for the conscious okay. mind, uh, that that there is a timing depending on the karma and the life lessons of each person. Um, in terms of the effect of the light treatments themselves, I feel that each treatment actually has an indefinite effect, kind of like dropping a stone into a pond, and then you have these concentric circle circles that ripple out indefinitely into the life of the person. Now, the effect of the light treatments themselves uh, touches on many different aspects of the human system. Essentially, it is a repair and reconstruction of the circuitry so that our natural and original capacities as human beings can become available to us again so that we don't have to go around being depressed, unhappy, mm-hmm. unfulfilled, and bankrupt. <laughs> All right, now look, for those of you who are listening right now, this is Bruce Stephen Holmes, The Timeless Voyager. I'm speaking with Shastina Freebear. Get a pencil and paper because you're going to tell us how people all over the United States and and parts of the rest of the world can find out how to learn, I guess, from you where they can get this kind of a treatment. Um, Why don't we continue then for a second? Yes. I had a question, and I'm sorry, I don't know if you have something, but I I do have one question. After a person is is finished uh, with some particular reason for having come to you or a person who can do this type of treatment is there anything autonomous that the person can do to keep themselves in shape or are they in a sense uh, giving their power over to you to be uh, healed um actually no it's more of an empowering process for the person themselves than anything else i've ever been involved in because what they're doing is opening to new levels of consciousness and evolution in their own system so from that point on whatever they need inwardly will come to them in terms of what's right to help them continue to grow and evolve of course the ultimate thing that we all can do is to totally surrender to that divine nature which we are but is not a quick fix. I mean, this isn't going to just take us from A to B and leave us enlightened, so to speak. Well, 
You know, everything happens in varying stages until that ultimate point of totally letting go. For this person that I mentioned earlier with the heart condition, it certainly was uh, a very short period of time when he went from a dying process to a process of almost being reborn. It depends, again, on what the person wants to do with it. What I can say is that for me, in my own discoveries, in my work, this has been something that can actually be done about the human condition that we are living that can make a difference in our quality of life and evolution. And I wanted to just say a few things structurally about the effects of the treatment. Uh, not only does it repair and reconstruct the circuits in the body that have been damaged through all of the other things we mentioned earlier, but it also uh, actually helps to activate the pyramidal paradigm within our own system. Now, at a crystalline level, we are pyramidal in nature, but the full pyramid is not functioning. That top level of our pyramid, which correlates to mastery or Christ consciousness or the experience that Buddha had, however you'd like to think of it, is still not fully functioning. So we remain in this third dimensional world of illusion. The frequencies of the living light begin to help that pyramidal paradigm to become activated, which is the key to the ascension in our own consciousness. Thank you for tuning in to The Timeless Voyager. This is Bruce Stephen Holmes. And I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards the development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one.